0: welcome to the romance me podcast this is erica
1: and i'm M. we'd like to say a special hello to our number one and only fan happy vd <laughs> <laughs> i'm a dork i know i don't know why that's so funny to me <laughs> it's because you're sleep deprived
0: oh happy vd everyone <laughs> Today we're discussing Can't Fix Cupid by Raven Kennedy. Trix Valentine is a Cupid whose powers don't work. She hasn't been meeting her love match quotas and may get popped out of existence if she can't manage to fix herself. In a last ditch effort to do just that, she ends up partially human. Warren is a savvy businessman who refuses to fall in love. Unfortunately for him, Trix has decided that he needs her help and she will do anything to help him and hopefully help herself in the process. There will be spoilers beyond this point.
1: Well, Erica, how do we meet Trix? So <laughs> we meet Trix. She's Cupid. She's
0: a Cupid. And just just to let everyone know, Cupids are invisible to mortals and they are intangible.
1: They're ghosts, basically. Because they're people who have died who in the afterlife are tasked with being cupid. When
0: we first see Trix, she's watching Warren Knight out on a date, and he's just being a total asshole <laughs> to his date.
1: Who doesn't really look like she's all that into the date either. Really?
0: Yeah, she's really not. But at the same time, it's just like, I don't know. Why is he even trying? Like, why is he dating at all?
1: Yeah, that question <laughs> occurred to me several times during the story like why why is he putting himself through this when he clearly doesn't want to do this
0: yeah but his date is a bit interesting because she asks him out like to her place or to a club or whatever and he's just like I took you out as a favor so you can be a more popular Instagram model you know you should be thankful
1: yeah <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> and
0: so Trix is like watching all this happen and she's wishing she could do something about it but she really can't because her cupid powers don't work like most cupids can blow lust breath or give flirt touches and ramp up the mood appropriately but um, every time Trix tries to do this it just fails miserably and sometimes even like causes the opposite reaction I think
1: yeah and the descriptions of her powers are like (laughs) gross in some cases
0: yeah it's like they're supposed to blow out this lust breath it's supposed to be like this cotton candy pink cloud and hers is like a gray slug
1: that like flops to the ground it's kind of disgusting (laughs) (laughs) it is really gross it does not inspire romance No, of any sort. So while she's, you
0: know, basically stalking Warren, um, her partner Cupid shows up, whose name is 116. And she's like an amazing Cupid. Like she's great at her job and everything. And she's mad because Trix like snuck off again. Trix doesn't like being around 116 because she's so good at her job. And it just makes Trix feel like that much more, that much more of a failure
1: Well, and I mean, to be honest, at this point, when the story starts, she's already obsessed with Warren Knight. She is. I mean, even if she was good at her job, I wonder if she still wouldn't be hanging around him.
0: That's true. She's totally obsessed with him. Like, she discovers him one day, and then just every chance she gets, she goes off and she watches him. And she watches him go on dates and be an asshole on dates. She watches him go home and, like, jerk off in the shower She watches him do work on his laptop in bed. It's a little stalkery
1: and really it's super creepy. And you kind of wonder why she's all that. (laughs) I think it's because he's she has decided he's a dud, but she doesn't let her Cupid co-worker try to use her Cupid magic on him. It's like, no, no, it must be me. It's like, well, maybe he wouldn't be a dud if you let her do it, but fine, whatever. Like, she has a personal investment in him. And it's not really explained why, or at least not sufficiently. Like, I had theories, none of which panned out by the end of the story. (laughs) The only things that I can think of are, he is a dud, and she feels like a Cupid dud, so... She relates to him on that level. I think so. I guess in quiet moments he looked sad a couple of times. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> and I assume he's attractive. Like that's that's it.
0: Yeah, she notices like when he's alone, he's not an asshole. He just puts the asshole mask on or something. Like that's her thought, I think.
1: Isn't being an asshole when you're around other people? So how do you know you're not an asshole when you're alone? Yeah. I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> like, I get, like, him not being an asshole to, like, other coworkers or whatever. Or maybe he's just an asshole to the women that he's taking on these dates that he has no intention of having a more committed relationship with. It's fine. So do you feel that the setting of the story was well developed? Like, the setup, the setting with the whole Cupid thing, the fact that they're in California, so it has the Cali vibe... Let's talk about, like, Cupidville for for a minute here, because I have a lot
0: of questions. (laughs) Me too! She's... (laughs) She basically, she, I I guess, lives, exists in Cupidville. Like, that's where she goes when she's not working. When she arrived there, she was dead. Like, she was a, a dead person. So, like, a soul or something. And she chose Cupiding as her afterlife job. And she had no memories of her prior existence or anything like that. And when she went through like this arch, it turned her into a cupid and she got red wings and pink hair. Supposedly cupid powers, but for her they don't work. Like there's tons of different supernatural creatures, like supernatural beings, I guess, that live in the veil or exist in the veil, like you can go through the arch and become basically anything, like an angel or a demon, a
1: lady luck,
0: basically anything. Like <laughs> And, you know, you have your various other powers and then you go forth and exert them upon humanity,
1: I guess. For reasons. And it's just odd. <laughs> yeah, it's,
0: it's just like this odd thing. And she's got like this quota that we don't really know exactly what the quota is. But she needs to have like a certain number of love matches and lust matches in order to keep existing. Otherwise, the veil, in quotes, will pop her out of existence. So not only does she exist in the veil, which is part of where Cupidville is, but the veil is also like some sort of entity that pops people into and out of existence. I don't have a really good handle on the supernatural setting and like the rules for this story.
1: They are vague. That's true. Like the whole time I'm wondering like if she chose to be a Cupid... And she doesn't do her cubiting thing well. Why keep her as a Cupid?
0: Why wasn't she changed before? Well, and that's exactly the thing. I think they they finally noticed that she wasn't doing well and that's why she gets called into Sev's office to basically get told you can't be a cupid anymore you have to pick something else
1: which i guess kind of breaks the rules right or bends the rules a little bit like she's not the first person that's been assigned something that didn't fit
0: i think it's within the bounds of the rules to switch jobs but instead she plays on sev's sympathies and convinces him no I'm really meant to be a Cupid. I'm meant to make people fall in love. This is what I feel in my soul, you know. And so he agrees that maybe she could go through the arch and become a Cupid again. And hopefully that'll fix her powers. A reboot. And so he takes her through the line. Like there's this big long line of like souls waiting to get their jobs, I guess, to go through the arch and get processed he like has her skip to the front of the line and he kind of seduces the angel into letting her go through again as a cupid even though it's against the rules and when she does that's when the story really starts like her wings get ripped off and she starts feeling like pain and she's not felt anything like for her as long as she can remember because she's immaterial
1: which we don't know how long that is because we don't know anything about when she was alive I'm guessing their memories are wiped or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, we don't know why she didn't have a memory. Um, we do know she had like her hair in little twisty buns and she was wearing a teal dress. So and apparently that's what she was wearing when she died.
1: So maybe she was going as a Cupid for Halloween or something.
0: Her hair turned pink after she oh. turned into a Cupid. Wow. Well. Her hairstyle and her dress, it made it sound like That's the way you looked when you died or whatever. Ah. Um, But anyway, her wings get ripped off and she's she's in pain and she she basically turns like human ish and she gets ripped out of the veil into earth and she lands on this marble floor in the middle of an office that looks vaguely familiar to her, but she is not sure why at the moment.
1: And Seth's just like, good luck. Like, I'll get back to you when I have information. Bye. (laughs) I love Sev, by the way. I I sort of (laughs) had different hopes for him through the story, but whatever. He follows her there and he's like, yeah,
0: so we probably shouldn't have done that. And now you're partly human, which means that you still have to fulfill your quota. (laughs) But now you're stuck here and you're visible and mortal-ish. And I'll try to figure out what to do, but... Good luck. Meanwhile, go off and try to Cupid. (laughs) Bye! (laughs) It's the weirdest thing because, I mean, she's naked. For some reason, she didn't get to keep her dress. I don't know why. (laughs) No, she's naked. Her wings are now a tattoo on her back. She's in the middle of this office that is vaguely familiar to her. And then she's kind of entranced with being tangible again like she's like feeling herself up and going hmm this is very interesting
1: and i could kind of get that you know because she doesn't have like any memory of it this book in several ways is very body positive no matter what the body i'm glad she didn't like immediately have a mirror and then started criticizing how she looked
0: no she likes how she looks she thinks she's got great boobs and she's happy with them and and actually, she's, like, fondling her boobs when uh, Warren and his co-worker or assistant or whatever, Harvey, come in.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Harvey comes in, and then, I don't know, maybe your interpretation of this moment was different, but he basically comes in, sees that she's naked, and immediately kind of gives her shit for it. <laughs> and I'm like, great, Wonderful. I don't
0: know. I don't think he's given her shit
1: for it. I think he's like very like amused. Harvey's <laughs> definitely amused. Warren is just really uncomfortable. and I, I don't know. Like that's the thing is like she's <laughs> she's there on the marble floor and then she she hasn't had a physical body, in we don't know how long. And so she doesn't walk real well, so she's she's naked and she's stumbling and and all of this. And his first instinct is to give her crap. And I'm like, okay yeah well
0: immediately i think they think that she's like was sent over as a joke like
1: yeah her saving grace is that she's feisty because if not it would have seemed like they were definitely picking on her
0: and i mean that makes sense because there's this uh quote in here that is just really funny um You know, because she's she's basically stalked Warren for so much, she's not, like, worried about him being mad or anything.
1: No, she's not intimidated by him.
0: It says, all of my dedicated watching has put me at a great advantage. I know that whenever he's a dick, people always back down and let him win. But that's just not going to work on me. See, I've seen this guy jerk off more times than I can count. Once you know their O face, their mean (laughs) face just isn't as impressive. I think it's time someone in his life doesn't let him win. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes very good good for
0: her so that's kind of like her take on the whole thing like well you know he starts getting on her case and she's like well you could give me your jacket and so he does and then they have a business like a surprise business meeting so he like shoves her under his desk which is just yeah ew.
1: but she turns it around i mean she doesn't come into this world with the same sort of preconceived notions that I think most people would in her situation so when she's under that desk she immediately starts yeah. playing because she's just this is, let's see what happens she's innocent in a lot of ways or
0: i guess naive would be the better term you know she's not she doesn't think like a human, no. but she's not innocent as in like not sexual at all because she's very sexual
1: it, it's better to think of her more as an alien that's sort of how I was thinking of her. Yeah. Because she just doesn't have like a lot of the uh, social rules ingrained in her.
0: No. And she's very honest. Like she doesn't really lie about no. anything. Um, People just don't believe her. Yeah.
1: Which I mean, fair enough. If somebody walked up to you and was like, I'm Cupid, you'd be like, yeah, okay, buddy.
0: <laughs> but while um she's hiding under the desk, she's like, rubbing on his thighs and like teasing him and notices ooh, he's getting turned on you know but he's like not happy about it
1: <laughs> no and of course then the guy who's there for the meeting starts to pick up on this is like did i interrupt something which is also funny when you remember harvey's still there harvey was in the room when the guy came in yeah so the guy's <laughs> perception is like one guy's behind you know sitting behind the desk possibly getting a blowjob we don't know <laughs> And his co-worker is sitting right there. Yeah. <laughs> while this is happening. Oh.
0: The other thing she does while she's under the desk is tie his shoelaces together, yes. which he
1: doesn't notice. Yeah, I appreciated that. <laughs> I was like, yes,
0: you go, girl. And so um, Harvey ends up walking the, the other guy out, like, you know, and kind of like smoothing <laughs> things over. And meanwhile... <laughs> Warren gets up and, like, Yanks yanks tricks out from under the desk and he's, like, pissed off but also turned on. She's like, yeah, sure, I'm not hot enough for you, (laughs) but you're not hot enough for me.
1: Yeah, she handles it, you know, as well as can be expected. And he basically kicks her out of the office at that point. And so then she's standing there, you know, naked but for a coat. That's when she meets Judy and her guys. (sighs) Yeah. And then, well, because Judy, I guess, senses auras and was like, you have a fantastic aura. Come with me. And so, yeah, then we meet the whole commune, the nudist commune, which <laughs> I guess that's California. I don't know. I mean, moderate climate, at least, you you know, be harder to have a nudist commune in a place that gets really frigid cold temperatures. I suppose, I mean... Or really hot, too, for that matter.
0: You know, something that seems very California to me is the food truck, because that's where Judy finds her. She's standing in front of a food truck. Yeah.
1: So yeah, Judy acts as her, like, fairy godmother and whisks her away with... Who are Judy's... I don't think husbands are the right word. Because she's into polyamory, but I don't know if they're all married. I I would just call them partners. So it's Judy and Rob and... I forget what the other guy is. I remember one of them supposed to look like Bruce Willis. Yeah,
0: Rob and Hale. But Judy is great because she like asked her what's her name and she's all, oh, I haven't
1: decided yet. And Judy's like, oh, wonderful. Yes. <laughs> I think right about then she decides to have the name of Trix Valentine. Yeah, because up until this point, she
0: was Cupid 30. Yes.
1: <laughs> or as Sev liked to call her, Triple X. So what did you think of the whole commune atmosphere? I didn't
0: mind it like at first I was a little like oh wow the author's really like pushing hard for the laughs or whatever but I think I think it really suited Trix yeah I agree (laughs) because because they're all super free spirit like they're even fine like oh everyone has a job but Trix's job turns out to be their love guru she doesn't need to have any marketable skills to live there because they're cool with it
1: I liked that moment a lot Because it was like, Judy's like, what can you provide? Like, what's, what is your skill? You know, Trix is like, I don't have anything. I have nothing to give. And she's like, well, that's not true. Then they sort of settle on the love guru thing. And I was kind of really hoping more would come of that than actually did in the story. And I think part of the problem with that is that because Trix is such a naive character, she doesn't have, or doesn't seem to have enough experience to provide any good advice to be that guru
0: yeah she really doesn't she's just very much like used to the cupid way where you just blow love breath on someone and they're like now they're in love exactly like it's
1: not work it's not effort it's (laughs) it's just instant magic that's what it is that's the amount of effort that goes in
0: but at the same time her main personality characteristic is loving love i think
1: I think her going to the commune was great. That's where we meet Blue and Blue's twin sister. Yeah, the commune has like a
0: share thing for guests. So they have to like take turns uh, housing guests, I guess. And it's the twins turn to, to host a guest yeah, it's B and blue and so they welcome her in and they're very, very nice to her and just like just kinda go with the flow type of people, which is perfect for her. And blue is is great because Trix is telling um them that, oh yes, I I have this job. I have to set this guy up with a date, and I told him I had one lined up already and I don't, and I need help with that. And B is like, no, I'm out. I like girls. (laughs) I am not the date
1: you're looking for.
0: (laughs) Yes, Blue is like, ooh, tell me about this guy. You know, and when Blue finds out that it's Warren Knight, I guess his reputation precedes him, and Blue's like, oh, yeah, I want to help fuck with him. (laughs) (laughs) And so Trix um, convinces Blue to be... Warren's practice date, I guess. Like that's the whole point of it. Meanwhile, on Warren's side, <laughs> he's at this business meeting, and he's meanwhile
1: in Warrenland. Yes,
0: and he's trying to uh, propose like some new ideas for his business. And one of these things is a dating app. And the board is very old school, and like, no, no, we're not doing anything new. We're gonna stick with what we know. And Warren's like, no, I want my legacy to grow
1: yeah like he's pushing a whole whole bunch of different ideas that the stodgy board members aren't really up for which is just so it's interesting to me that warren would do this because he seems so anti-change in every other area of his life but when it comes to the company He's like, no, pushing the envelope, new things. Let's try this, let's try that. I think with
0: his business, like this is like the one place he feels safe where he can invest himself into it. Yeah, that's probably true. I think he doesn't want to invest anywhere else in his life, but because this business is a family business, he got it passed down from his grandpa to his dad to himself. You know, he's kind of stuck with it already, so he needs to invest in it. But he's not worried about... worried isn't the right word he's not interested in investing in anything else life has to offer
1: that's true or he wants to control those things
0: and one of the board members really likes the dating app idea and says well if you can show me how you're going to get the public to like you you know so you can be the face of this you know different version
1: which he didn't really want to (laughs) be of night
0: enterprises then i'll back this idea And so when he leaves the office, (laughs) uh, Trix and Blue are out
1: there waiting for him. (laughs) Ready to pounce. Yes.
0: And the other board member, the one who liked his dating idea, is like all in. She's like, oh, this is your idea? This is such a great idea. I love the idea of you getting set up by a Cupid. Yeah, your
1: public image (laughs) needs some work. So this will help correct that too.
0: (laughs) yeah she's like oh a modern day Cupid to launch the dating app yeah (laughs) and then Harvey is like yeah that's exactly what we had in mind (laughs) uh huh totally
1: (laughs) ah bless you Harvey
0: (laughs) and then the board member's like oh which agency are you from and Trix is like I don't know and Harvey's like oh oh no we know who she is it's fine
1: (laughs) don't look too far into this please (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> Should we talk a little a little bit about Warren's public image at that point because he had had taken out this hollywood starlet and it ended up blowing up in his face essentially yeah um marla may like she had a screaming match with her ex on the phone but for some reason the paparazzi thought it was directed at him so he essentially broke you know little miss sweetheart's heart yes and so now he's enemy number one so it attracted all these women who wanted to date him for prestige basically and to get their name in print yes so to speak
0: and it's important to note that he wasn't into this woman the actress at all it was definitely like a no strings attached thing
1: yeah it was i think it started out as a favor to someone he knew that's why tanya's like no no you need to go on this date we need to improve your image because it sucks buddy so (laughs) go forth and find romance (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so they do so they end up going on the date Trix takes them to oh, what kind of restaurant is it I forget I just know it was a place that he was super uncomfortable with and you had to sit on the floor and he was not cool with that but he did it Some place where they speak Arabic or was it I yeah don't know. he
0: flips through the menu and he says this is all in Arabic
1: yeah and so when the waiter comes over Trix just points to things we'll have this and this and voila <laughs> I don't know I had so many problems with this scene or not so many but just I kept wanting to go spend time with Harvey and Blue who seemed like they were having an interesting conversation oh yes and we're kind of stuck sitting with Trix and Warren I'm like okay fine
0: yeah, Blue and Harvey hit it off, like, immediately, and they end up, like, leaving early, I think, and going and hooking up.
1: <laughs> they do. So, then Warren and Trix are sitting there, or maybe this happens when, they're, when Blue and Harvey are still there. I can't remember. Oh, this irritated me so much. So, Trix is having some drink that she ordered that I can't even remember what it is, but it's hot. And so... She takes a sip and it's hot and she says, ow, or whatever. Okay, fine. And then she keeps sipping it, even though it's really hot. And I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, you don't have the sense of a dog or a small child. Please stop. (laughs) I'm feeling insulted on behalf of my gender. (laughs) Please stop. Good God.
0: Well, the same happens when she eats something spicy. Like she starts eating too much of it. And then when the spiciness like catches up with her and she like... And then
1: she like runs and like falls and like her dress flips up. And I don't think she's she has underwear on. Like it turns into a thing. Yeah. But the whole time I'm just like, can't she have just a little bit of common sense? Please. <laughs> and the only reason that I think she doesn't is I guess because she's naive. Whatever. And also because in those instances, that's where, you know, Warren shows that he has basic human decency. Like, like he puts his hand over the cup so she doesn't keep drinking the hot liquid. He gets her ice cream. Yeah, he gets her ice cream for the, the spicy. And I'm just going, I'm just over this. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> it was a little too silly for you. It was. I just, I, I guess the problem is, is I have a real low threshold for the the ingenue female (laughs) that can't operate stairs or that can't stop drinking a drink that's hot (laughs) it's
0: just why i think for me in this case it's very much like she's just she's she doesn't know how long she's going to be humanish and so she just wants to experience everything because she's basically like a baby
1: yeah which isn't to her credit It's it's a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, I was a little
0: bit more forgiving with this particular heroine, I think, because of her unique situation. I think a lot of times um, heroines are given like this sort of, uh, quote, flaw, unquote, of you know being clumsy or being naive or being you know silly or flighty or whatever and it's because i think it's a relatively harmless flaw where it can even be seen like as cute or endearing you know and it's a it's a safe flaw
1: yeah i was trying to be as forgiving as possible and it does make sense like she is new to the world you know it's not like she's a woman of any maturity and still doing these things but at this
0: point they have like a talk and she tells him like her bucket list of like her things that she wants to do
1: bucket list hint hint
0: he asks her what exactly is your thing and she says you know that is an excellent question i need to make a list and she said and then she starts <laughs> listing off things she says i want to step into the ocean pet a dog crowd surf try a vibrator fair enough uh get a massage take a pottery class go to the movies do a body shot go skinny dipping jump at a bounce house play poker go to the roller derby play a video game hold a snake you know and he's like is that it and she's all that's all i can think of at the moment (laughs) and he says that's quite a list and she says i know it's gonna be awesome do you have a list and he's like no (laughs) (laughs) and she says you should they're fun (laughs) (laughs) yeah and then she she throws up all over him
1: yeah (laughs) the spicy didn't agree with her very much
0: He takes her home and takes care of her, which gives him the opportunity to not be an asshole. Good job, buddy. And he's very weirded out by that, too. Like, I don't think he's ever taken a woman home to his house before.
1: No, he takes him to hotels that he owns. He's super into her. Like, he's super attracted
0: to her and he wants to take care of her. Yeah, And
1: you see some of his asshole behavior slipping, you know, where he is a little more playful because they sort of have this, for lack of a better comparison, like a pretty woman moment where it's like, no, don't go to work. Let's play hooky for the day. And they do. And he, you know, loosens up. They go to the casino and she loses some money, but wins some money. And he gets to be possessive, which she's into. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they do the photo shoot. He gets to admire her more. She gets to say weird things like the Cupid wing should be red, not pink or whatever it was. Yeah, they kind of fall into
0: this dating. I don't know. They they start dating pretty easily and it becomes okay um, because... Warren tells her, you know, he doesn't want to fall in love with anyone. He doesn't want to date anyone or, you know, have anything permanent with anyone. And she says, well, I'm not going to be here forever. You know, I, I'm i only here for work and then I have to leave. And so that kind of gives Warren permission to invest in her a little bit because he knows that, that she's going to have to leave.
1: Yeah, he's expecting it.
0: Okay, so before they fall into the dating... um Like before, before it becomes okay for them to date, um, there is like this weird thing, like after he takes care of her that night when she throws up, um, she tries, like she tells him she wants to set him up with someone else and it makes him pissed off. And he basically like kicks her out again or, you know, blows her off. Like, I don't want to be hooked up with anyone. And Harvey kind of points out that, well, obviously it's because you were into her and she hurt your feelings. She hurt your feelings and you didn't
1: like it. So you got mad. Oh, poor buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they make a salve for that. And meanwhile,
0: Trix has heard back from Sev, who's like, you made a love match. Because when Blue and Harvey hooked up, you know, she got credit for it. And so she's excited and her magic is kind of working now. And so she goes to a bar or a club.
1: I know when she's there, she sees Warren and some date. And then she gets grumpy because it's like I was gonna set him up. Yeah, she's like upset that he's with someone, and she
0: doesn't read this as jealousy. She reads this as like, no, that's my job to set him up. Yep, yep. But meanwhile, she gets picked up at the bar by a guy named Sparrow, <laughs> who is into her and invites her over to his group of friends, and they do weed. <laughs> God, I sound like such a such a normie. <laughs> they do weed.
1: Don't they smoke pot.
0: they do the marijuana (laughs) sounds like Um, a
1: dance a really chill (laughs) relaxed (laughs) dance
0: Uh, they're passing around a joint and (laughs) that sounds normal (laughs) sure they're passing around a joint and Trix is like oh wow is that weed that's on my to-do list (laughs) and so she takes like a huge hit and it just like hits her hard
1: she's also drinking alcohol at this point too she's had multiple what was it blow jobs or orgasms i don't know she was having something he was having fuzzy nipples or something like that so they're ordering flirty drinks
0: sparrow is the type of guy who's cool with getting a woman high and then taking advantage of her um which is not good no <laughs> she wants to have sex, like that's on her list, but she doesn't feel like she's in control of the situation at all. And she's like trying to tell him to wait, and he's like feeling her up, like in front of his friends. And she's like, "Wait, wait, wait."
1: Yeah, she's saying like this doesn't feel right. Please don't. You know, she's resisting. And then, da da da. Hero.
0: Yes, Warren shows up and is like, "She said stop." you stop now. And Sparrow's like, why don't you go back inside and pick up a chick of your own? And Warren says, she's mine. And so that like gets like kind of implanted in Trix's mind. Like, did he really say that?
1: Yes. I am now possessed. <laughs> I'm owned. I have an owner. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> you know, which
0: unfortunately in real life a lot of times that's the only thing i'll get a guy to leave you
1: alone is if you already have a guy so not always (laughs) but yeah sometimes that is not a sufficient deterrent that's true sometimes it's not sufficient in theory (laughs) that should work in theory you just saying no stop just the no just the no would be
0: good yeah no should be sufficient but at any rate, Warren rescues her and he's kind of messed up because now he's like thinking, oh, God, I'm invested in this woman. Yep. I don't want to be, but I am against my will. You done
1: saved her. Now her life is yours.
0: <laughs> and this is where Trix realizes that she's in love with him.
1: Which, yeah. Which it makes sense for her. Maybe. I think she was in love with him before this. Was it love, though? But yeah, I mean, I must admit when she was like, and I love him, I seriously had to pause for a second, like pause the audiobook and go, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I was just surprised that she was there, but not really. Because like I said, she's so naive and inexperienced and whatever that it sort of makes sense that she would have a journey like this. And she's so pro love. Yeah, it makes sense to me. Like, I think she's
0: She's just so open. She's not closed off at all. So, when, you know, this guy she's into.
1: What is this openness you speak of? I know.
0: <laughs> Emma's like walls all the time.
1: Exactly.
0: All of the walls. <laughs> but yeah, she's just so open. And so she's with this guy. She is attracted to him. And he saves her and she's all fuzzy headed
1: because she's high and i can totally see her being like
0: oh i'm in love now
1: i understand that it makes sense for her character i just like i said at that moment i'm like really you're there now okay
0: (laughs) and then that's the point when they start doing the dating thing he tells her that he doesn't he doesn't commit. He can't commit. And she says, well, I'm leaving because of work, so I can't stay. You don't have to worry about me hanging on or whatever.
1: Yes, he does a very Scarlett O'Hara, I can't commit, darling, I just can't.
0: So then they're in love.
1: Yay, love.
0: And they have the sex. Why do I <laughs> call it the sex? <laughs>
1: <laughs> they get it on. It took a lot of the book at that point. I was kind of bored but whatever there was a lot of sex in this book i thought it was good i think it was just because it took so much of the story at that point but i'm like can't something else happen no okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) so while they're dating warren is like he's remembered her bucket list but he's like basically taking her to all the things she wants to do like he takes her to a casino and
1: to go visit (laughs) doggies
0: Yeah, he takes her to visit doggies at the shelter so she can pet all the doggies.
1: The vibrator. Skinny dipping. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what else. Was it kissing on the list? I can't even remember.
0: As she's with him, her powers are working more, and so she's actually more successfully cupiding than ever before. And now her wings are starting to come back. And it's starting to freak her out a little bit. I'm
1: wondering if the app was working too, and is she getting credit for those matches? Because she is the face of the product. I mean, that's possible.
0: No, it makes it makes sense. But I mean, her wings start coming back, and it's like flipping her out because she doesn't want to leave. Because she's she loves him. She wants to stay, and so she like pulls the feathers out so she doesn't wow. um, reveal herself. I guess. He takes her out on a really fancy romantic date and while um, while they're out on this fancy romantic date she hurries into the restroom and why does she go in the restroom?
1: Because she's in pain I think. Oh my gosh! I swear. <laughs> no
0: there's no reason she oh. just goes to well, the restroom. Well maybe
1: she has to <laughs> use the restroom. I mean that's a good reason to go. <sighs> she has to go potty. Yeah maybe she does. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking like sometimes when we go to the bathroom because they actually have to go to the bathroom. Like there's no alternative moment of like fixing makeup or chatting (laughs) with girlfriends or whatever. It's just like, no, 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 I actually have to use the bathroom. Sorry.
0: (laughs) But while she's there, Sev shows up and he's like, oh, you've been doing great. You're going to get turned back into a Cupid soon or a full Cupid soon, I'm getting all these flares from you, and so you just need to use your power a little bit more, and then you'll be you know, back in the veil and that's the point when she tells Sev, oh well I fell in love
1: like I kind of don't want to go back (laughs) but if you don't go back, you'll be popped out of existence you would still lose him
0: (laughs) yeah, and Sev is like, well, that sucks for you, I'll try to postpone (laughs) it as much as I can, but I really have no choice, like as soon as you're Cupid enough, cupidity, cupid <laughs> <Sure>. enough. <laughs> I have to take you back. But if you don't, like, if you don't use your powers, then you could get popped out of existence. And she's just, just like, okay. And so he's just like, enjoy this living and loving shite while you can. <laughs> Oh yeah he's like a, he's got like an Irish accent or something
1: yeah I think it's either supposed to be Irish or Scottish
0: one day um you know they've been dating they're in love they're doing the lovey-dovey stuff Warren is not admitted it to her Trix has not admitted it to him but it's pretty obvious to everyone else he's fixing her dinner in his house she tells him that she loves him and he just
1: has a mental break. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you can just see the walls come up, you know, the portcullis has come down, (laughs) the moat is being filled, the alligators are released. And he's just like, no, no, you're not. You're leaving. You told me you're leaving. This was our deal. She presses him. She's like, I love you. I know you love me too. He says, no, I never have. And I never will. Ouch. She says he's lying. She says she knows he's lying. She says she can feel his love. But yes, still ow. He's like, you're breaking the rules. You're fucking everything up right now. And then he tells her the truth. I can't commit and you can't stay. And she's all, but I want to. And he says, don't because I can't stay either. I'm dying. Dun, dun, dun.
1: The plot thickens.
0: We get the big reveal that the reason he can't commit is because he has Brugada syndrome, which is a genetic heart condition that makes your heartbeat irregular. And it killed his father young, and he has it worse than his father. So he's basically waiting to die. Tick,
1: tick, 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 tick.
0: He says, I let myself open up to you because you told me you were leaving. You broke our deal. Now you ruined this, and I hate you for it. You have to leave. And so she runs out of his house and falls on the beach, because of course he lives on the beach, and just cries because she has a broken heart. And Warren just doesn't do anything about it. As far as he's concerned, he did her a favor, I
1: think. It's one of those, I'm protecting you from having to feel the feels.
0: Yeah, I don't want you to have to deal with losing me or whatever, so I'm going to cut it off. Which whatever harvey talks to him about it and harvey is basically the only person who knows warren's secret harvey is kind of sad that he broke it off with tricks because he he feels like she was good for him
1: and she was he was less grumpy he was more playful he seemed less stressed so he just kind of starts he he
0: basically buries himself back into his work which is what he was doing before um at one point blue shows up she's like i want to know what the fuck you did to her you know meaning tricks (laughs) and warren says we dated a few weeks things ended that's it and blue punches him in the face
1: (laughs) you hurt my friend's heart therefore i'm hurting your nose
0: (laughs) and she's like you hurt her bad she sat all the goddamn time but you wouldn't care about that would you because you're warren knight This is what you do. You use women and then you toss them away. But why did you have to do it to her? So Blue, we find out, is like
1: super invested in
0: Trix. You know, like they're
1: they're close. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that they're that close.
0: Not that it's bad.
1: I was just it wasn't
0: developed very much. I think it's just kind of that Trix has like entranced everyone that she's with. Like she's just like her personality is so different that everyone is just like kind of into her.
1: Yeah, and again, she's got that whole, like, innocent puppy thing. So it's like, why did you kick the puppy, you asshole?
0: Yeah, basically. (laughs) And so she leaves and he gets home and he goes down to the beach and he's just, like, depressed. And as he's walking back to the house, he has a, I guess, a heart attack?
1: Yeah, his irregular heartbeat essentially gets him sent to the hospital like right in the area where he told tricks that they were through
0: yeah and as he's passing out he thinks you know he says i love you too he admits it to himself at this point
1: i don't know why like his admission of love tracks a little bit better than hers for me probably also because she was drunk and high at the time um <laughs> yeah and now it's like oh he's dying or he thinks he's dying so he can admit it i guess that tracks a little better
0: for him i think it makes sense because he's he's been living in denial this whole time because he knows he's gonna die he doesn't want to he doesn't want to go there you know he doesn't think it's right or fair or whatever
1: and he must make the decision for everyone which, I mean,
0: that's a thing. <laughs> I think that's a trope, isn't it? Where, um, probably where one of the characters is dying and so they want to push the other away. There's something wrong with me.
1: Well, it's also sort of standard procedure in a lot of novels. It seems particularly romance where it's like, well, the guy will make the decision. Whatever the decision is, he will decide. Yeah, there's that too. And yeah, there is. It's not, it's not even like the dying thing. It's like he will hurt her in some way either physically or emotionally and therefore push her away because it's for her own good because he's going to protect her
0: i guess i'm a little more forgiving for this one because i just kind of see it as like part of this larger trope not necessarily a romance trope just in general a storytelling trope where one of the characters is dying and so shuts themselves off from making any sort of lasting meaningful relationships with anyone platonic or romantic because they don't want to cause pain to anyone else like it's very martyr-esque meanwhile we go back to trix and she's struggling to cupid because her heart is broken (laughs) um she gets told that warren is in the hospital and so she goes to see him she's kind of like faced with reality of him dying and she just can't stand the fact that he's going to die. I think she gets like this uh, epiphany moment, too, when she's near him. Like she realizes that her powers work, but she realizes she can heal him. And so she does her last big burst of Cupid powers on him, filling him with her love, all her Cupidness. And then the veil pulls her back into the veil and she goes through the arch again and becomes an angel so she can save Warren's life
1: yeah I think she needs Sev's help too because they didn't want to do it or something like that so Sev has to make out with the angel in charge yes sort of forcefully like (laughs) the angel's like no and he's like yeah well consent boo
0: Well, that's the thing, too. In this book, consent is kind of like, maybe it's a thing because Cupid's can kind of fuck it up a
1: bit. Yeah, I mean, at least he and the angel kind of had a flirty thing before. So maybe the angel did want to be kissed.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, you're right. He Cupid's the angel um, and like starts making out with her and then... She gets to go through the arch again. When she tells Sev, you know, use the white lever, not the pink lever or whatever. Sev's like, why you love being a Cupid? And she says, but I love him more. And so she becomes an angel. She goes back to Warren and heals him because that's one of the powers angels have. And Warren has like, he thinks it's a dream. But he sees her. She's got golden hair now instead of pink hair and white wings. He sees her fixing him, basically. And she says in his head, have a good life and try not to be an asshole anymore. I love you.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> good luck. And so six, yeah, six months pass. She's been relegated to line management, like literally managing the line. <laughs> <laughs>
1: What an onerous task.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, so as punishment for angeling before she was properly trained. And she's just not very good at being an angel. Like, there's this scene. <laughs> I loved her as an angel, though. Uh, there's this scene, like, a new dead shows up. A med, And she's, yeah, she says, you're dead. Welcome to the afterlife. Please get in line to be processed. <laughs> <laughs> then her boss is like you could be a little kinder Eh. (laughs) (laughs) how many people have you given grace to today and she's like i don't know maybe like one
1: she's like in eight hours or something (laughs) he's like the souls need reassuring
0: (laughs) (laughs) and she she's mad because he calls her he doesn't call her tricks and she's like my name is tricks and he's like no your angel name is muriel (laughs) And she's like,
1: "Fuck that!" Nope. <laughs> and you're not consent to Muriel.
0: <laughs> but she apparently has like this gold band on her wrist, and when she, um, when she says "fuck that," it like starts <laughs> burning on her wrist. Like she gets, like, as an angel, you're not allowed to <laughs> use expletives, I guess. But now she's being summoned to a supervisor. Her coworker or boss is like, "Huh. I wonder if you're going to get terminated." <laughs> And as she leaves, he's like, peace be with you. (laughs) (laughs) She goes back and she sees her old Cupid supervisor, Sev. And also, let's see, it's Sev and her angel supervisor and the demon
1: supervisor, I think. I don't even remember.
0: Yeah, because there's three of them.
1: It feels like a bar joke. Yeah. And, an angel, a demon, and a cupid meet in an office. <laughs> and they're all staring at you like you did something wrong. And you're like, oh, what the <laughs> fuck did I do? Please say it involved fireworks and or other incendiaries.
0: <laughs> Sev says, well, I hear you're not very good at being an angel, but I'm not surprised you're a cupid at heart. And then they surround her and he says, we can't turn you back into a Cupid. You're no good at being an angel. And if you go through the arch again, you'll be a goner. So there's only one thing left to do. And then all three of them raise their arms and shoot out magic. She's just filled with pain and numbness and sensations and blurry vision and horribleness. And the last thing she sees is Sev winking at her going, you're welcome, love. (laughs) 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 and she wakes up on the beach as a human and it's warren's beach outside his house
1: did they send her with clothes this time i forget um i
0: don't think so
1: (laughs) (laughs) because she falls
0: on the sand and it says ass crack armpits mouth hair vagina it's all up in my business ensuring i'll never be able to reopen
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love all this all this power of the universe But they can't do clothes. Yeah, you know, clothes
0: are (laughs) unimportant. And she hears this dog barking and she gets a little worried about it. And then she sees a man coming and it turns out to be Warren. And he's like, oh, it is you. Yeah,
1: it's very Ariel and Eric on the beach.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it very much is. You know, she's like, oh, you're okay. And he's all, the doctors called it a miracle. My heart is completely healed and they can't explain it i can't believe you're here that you're real i dreamed about you when i was in the hospital just like this golden hair white light your voice that damn dream has been burned into my mind for months you told me not to be an asshole
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then she says did you listen and he says sometimes
1: hey that's better than none
0: and then he's asked her where she's been and she says oh i had a work thing not wrong she didn't lie <laughs> and he says but now you're back and she says i guess that depends on whether or not you want me to stay and he does want her to stay he introduces her to the dog which was one of the doggies from the shelter that she really really liked he reveals that he tried looking for her he hired seven private investigators
1: (laughs) yeah he has a dog allergy i'm I don't understand why, like, how severe is this allergy? Anyway.
0: I don't know. Like, maybe...
1: Is it a hypoallergenic dog? We don't know.
0: We don't know. I mean, it's possible that that he just didn't want to have a dog because he didn't want to invest.
1: Yeah, I think that's more realistic. And so
0: he said he had an allergy, but he doesn't really strike me as a liar, really. So I don't know. Who knows? We get an epilogue um, six months later, and they're at tricks and warren are at a nudist concert <laughs> and judy has warren pick a card and i just love it when she wants people to pick a card we didn't touch on this before but she holds out like tarot cards and she goes pick a card and the person goes oh no thank you and she goes
1: pick a damn card
0: <laughs> and they go oh okay and then she's all back to happy and smiling <laughs> she flips the switch the bitch switch uh, yeah <laughs> So he picks the lovers and then Judy says, oh, good. In that case, you can marry Trix. (laughs) Trix is like, don't worry. I don't expect you to go out and buy a ring now. And he goes, actually. And then he proposes to her. Apparently he'd been planning to propose to her. And so they get engaged and it's the end. Ta-da. So for me, this was kind of an interesting story because they both thought they couldn't commit.
1: Yeah, they both had their reasons for withholding.
0: Yeah, because she thought she was going to, like, she had no choice. She was going to have to go back and be a Cupid again. And he also thought he had no choice because he thought he was dying. Well, he was dying.
1: Yeah, they had compelling reasons to say no
0: to love. I think I really enjoyed, like, them getting to know each other. Like, that whole, like, the dating period. I really liked uh, him wanting to fulfill her bucket list. Like, that was... Part of it is him being a martyr, I guess. Like, he's going to do stuff for other people because he's going to die, maybe. But it was also really sweet. Like, he listened to what she said that first night before she (laughs) barfed on him and, like, took it seriously. He took it seriously and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do this for her. And I think that's really cool, especially considering she is very um manic pixie dream girl yeah you know and just kind of flighty and stuff and and naive but he takes all that seriously like when she says oh yeah this is amazing like he believes it it's not like he's secretly amused by it it's more like he's into it yeah so i really liked the the chemistry i think
1: yeah i like that part of the story too In those moments where he was showing the side of him that she always knew was there. I don't mind that that side was there. Believe me, I don't. I'm just a little confused because at the beginning, there's like no indication that that side even exists.
0: Yeah, I think she had like this intuition to him about him when she first saw him. Like she just felt drawn to him and was like obsessed with him, basically.
1: See, this was the the kind of thing that I thought that the ending of the story would be a little different. Like I thought that it would be revealed that she knew him when she was alive oh that was so that would kind of explain while she's like no no i i know he is capable of this i don't know how i know but i know you know and maybe that would explain why he's so closed off to love because she died but it i mean he was then dying and that was (laughs) that's fine like it it's okay that 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 choice was there i actually prefer that choice than the one that that i was thinking it might be I just wish that in the beginning part of the story there was some indications to the reader that that's what it was because it kind of came out of left field. Like when I re-listened, I could hear little things that like, oh, maybe that was a a hint or something, but there was like zero foreshadowing where that was concerned. And so I felt like there was more foreshadowing to the, oh, they knew each other when she was alive.
0: I feel like the whole deal with like, what the afterlife is in this world is just so weird i think that maybe if there was a little bit more explanation there maybe i'd feel less weird about the whole thing but i mean your idea is is good i think if they knew each other before and then she died but then she shows back up well then that would be a completely different story
1: it was just i was trying to figure out why she was so certain i guess i just don't it's hard with that you know that gut thing you know she just knows and it's like okay, that's fine. But there has to be some level of indication beforehand. And it's tricky to start a love story with the falling in love part, because you kind of get the impression she's already fallen, like at the start of the story. So it's hard to do that off camera at the beginning of the story, because she's already in a place where the reader isn't.
0: (laughs) Well, I think for her too, she's She doesn't read what she's feeling as love at all because she knows it's something that's just not attainable for her. You know, she's an incorporeal, invisible being, you know?
1: Yeah. No, it's it's just that (laughs) level of investment. So at the start of the story, she's already so invested. For the reader, it's just why? Not that we don't want to be invested in him, but literally, you know, just getting told that he seems sad a couple of times isn't going to be enough you know if if the date had ended differently you know sometime he wakes up in the middle of the night in cold sweats and there's some sort of somber moment or something to help us get invested in him
0: yeah some indication that that there's something more to him than than just being an asshole
1: because then the next time we see him is when she just appears naked in his office and he behaves how he behaves
0: yeah which
1: which is is rude. rude (laughs) But it would help us to understand, you know, it's like, okay, but we know he's going through something. We don't know what it is. That will get revealed later. But we know something's plaguing him. We want him to not be plagued. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean,
0: it's we, we know that there's a reason he can't commit. I mean, there's no hint as to why, but I suspected there was some kind of reason he couldn't commit, you know? So there is that at least. Yeah. But you're right. There's not a whole lot of foreshadowing as to what his issue is. And it's only until Trix pushes him that he reveals it at all.
1: Yeah. So what about Trix's journey for tricks, I have a lot of questions.
0: Again, it kind of all goes back to that, how does this world work? You know, because she reveals to us, like, yep, she woke up in the veil and chose the afterlife job of Cupid and has no memories outside of that. And for some reason, her powers don't work. And I mean, that's what we get from her as far as backstory goes. And we know that she looked a certain way before she died, you know, because all the Cupid's do, I guess, they... wearing what they wore and all that so presumably she died young
1: and she's determined to be a cupid for whatever reason we don't know why
0: she feels it like she just knows that that's what she's meant to be i i'm okay with that i'm okay with like okay you're a soul you have no memories but you have like this feeling or knowing of what you're meant for okay sure whatever
1: i think it's okay that she has that level of certainty within herself but maybe maybe it's the way it was manifested in the story i don't know
0: I think the biggest thing for me is like the author made it pretty clear. Like her powers work when she's with Warren and her powers don't work when she's not with Warren. Yeah. Why?
1: Yeah. No, that's a big unknown thing in the story that I feel like Like you
0: talk about like your like where you thought the story was going. I thought the story was going where Warren would become a cupid too and they'd be partners.
1: Yeah, see that's why I was thinking when he was dying, I was like, Okay, well he'll die and they'll both be cupids together and since they're both in love and her powers will be, you know, improved based on his proximity and their love for each other they'll be the ultimate cupid couple but
0: then that isn't very satisfying either because they'd both be intangible and his memories would be wiped yeah so (laughs) but she
1: could make him remember yeah i don't know of course she doesn't remember her i uh, I don't know And then she gets, I mean, at the end,
0: she gets humaned again. How long was she a Cupid? Is anyone going to recognize her? I don't have
1: answers.
0: You know, from before, when she died before? I, don't know. I I'm a little worried about that. Like, how long was she dead?
1: A very long time, because that line takes forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Maybe maybe that's why the lines have to be so long. So that way it takes long enough so that everybody who knew you when you were alive <laughs> is gone.
0: But her outfit seems modern. It's a blue dress. Like a sundress, though
1: they could say sundress, but it could be like a lingerie thing that she just thinks is a sundress. Yeah, maybe there was that thing in the '90s that was all about wearing your your
0: night clothes as day clothes.
1: Yeah, which I mean we still kind of do that now, <laughs> only it's more like PJ bottoms and stuff like that. But yeah, there was that fashion trend of of wearing like camisole night dresses as like dresses. She could have died in the '60s or the '50s and just sort of translated that dressed to the night you know like in her i don't know i might be reaching Uh, maybe yeah i don't know we're getting into the weeds on this one (laughs) should we talk about antagonists if there were any (laughs) yeah
0: i mean there weren't really like any like people who were antagonists really i mean there was like sparrow but he was more like just a reason for warren to be possessive and protective
1: do you think that death was an antagonist i mean
0: i think really the the biggest like obstacles they had were like that warren was dying and Trix was a cupid so she wasn't Able to stay. Like they both had external factors preventing them from being together. That was really the main thing keeping them apart. And I don't, I mean, there's really no personification of death in this story at all. So it would have to be like just the fact that it exists, I suppose. Okay.
1: Just throwing it out there.
0: What are your thoughts? I
1: think in some ways the characters themselves were their own antagonists and they were kind of antagonistic for each other.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think in a way, but. I don't know,
1: because Trix didn't really take any of Warren's
0: grumpiness seriously or personally or anything until the very end when he told her or until he tells her he doesn't love her. And at that point, it's just because she's hurt because she loves him.
1: Not even then, but like when Seth tells her like, oh, by the by, if you don't meet this quota you're going to be blinked out of existence. She doesn't really try to to meet the quota. She kind of like holds, like she's holding it off as long as she can. And we don't know what this number is. You know, is it two? Is it two thousand? We don't know. But it seems like especially if it was a particularly large number, like you would kind of want to get a move on with that, especially if your Cupid powers aren't that great. Theoretically you don't want to get blinked out of existence <laughs> but it doesn't seem like it's that much of a motivator for her.
0: I think for her, like she wants to be with warren more than she wants to exist
1: which also seems very teenager to me but <laughs> yeah.
0: but she is kind of you know she's very she is, she's yeah. very young feeling you know and i think that's part of just like her character because yeah. she's got that naivete
1: so what of the romance tropes do you feel that they were successful unsuccessful <laughs>
0: One of the tropes that that kind of grates on me a lot of times is the whole insta-love thing. And yeah. that's kind of what we got going on in this book, um, especially for tricks. Which it
1: might not be so instant, but we don't see that very beginning part.
0: Yeah, that's true. But it very much feels that way. Like, okay, they're in love. Like, there's no reason. They just are.
1: It's magic. It's Cupid. For all she knew, there was a Cupid flying around them. You know, maybe, what was it, 116? <laughs> was manipulating her emotions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, it's very possible, you know, although she is able to see Sev, but maybe it's because Sev lets her.
1: And Sev can appear human, like solid. It kind of made me wonder through the story if 116 was just like, ding.
0: There's this whole sense of, like, what is real? Like, how serious is this? I think at the end of the day, it's just supposed to be fun. And so I just tried not to let myself delve too deeply into it. So, okay, yay, they love each other. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, of course, we have the gruff, possessive hero, which I really don't mind in this story because... I like the effect it has on him as a character. Like, he yeah. doesn't want to be that way. And he's kind of shocked with himself when he finds out that he is that way with her. That sort of idea, like, he's not typically that way, but with her he is. Like, I'm I'm into that. What about you?
1: Yeah, I liked the dynamic between the two of them. That she sort of brought out that side. That it wasn't there so much otherwise. And he didn't feel like he had to dominate every situation it like in- in the boardroom or whatever you know he really wanted everyone to get along and so it wasn't so much like he has to be this dominant alpha pain in the ass
0: yeah but I mean on the other hand he is because he's trying to make everyone's life easier or better or whatever like in the background the people he cares about
1: it's at least limited because maybe maybe because he's doing so much in the background I don't know so it's not as in your face maybe that's what it is
0: yeah there's this puppet master element to to the idea of the alpha, you know, that the alpha male trope or the dominant male trope that it's a little, eh, to me. I don't, you know, I don't want him to be pulling all the strings and controlling everything. Yeah.
1: So would you say that the distribution <laughs> of power then throughout the story is very much in his favor?
0: I think he's used to being used to it being in his favor and i think that's one of the reasons he likes tricks so much is because she calls him on his shit and she doesn't really get a whole lot of like there's not really any consequences for her like she's able to be exactly who she is in this world you know like weird and innocent and i love
1: life yeah she's not punished for being herself
0: yeah and he likes her the way she is and i think he likes that she calls him out you know there's times where she even tells him like you just can't stop your asshole from (laughs) doing you know shit into the world or whatever i
1: forget exactly how it's worded oh it's worded pretty much like that it's uh, (laughs) but apt like he starts saying
0: something horrible or acting like a jerk and she's just like yeah there goes your asshole again (laughs) shitting all over everything
1: your other mouth is talking a little bit too much there (laughs) buddy
0: (laughs) i thought that was funny I i feel like it was pretty equal really because she doesn't let him control her any more than she wants to be totally did you agree i do it was nice to see that what did you think about the writing style for this story
1: i like it. you know she was playful with her her wording and word choices i felt like the the dialogue with the characters felt very natural yeah it was very bubbly and fun i felt but then when it was worn it wasn't so it was appropriate you know like he didn't talk like her yeah not at all and he shouldn't have because <laughs> no <he's> not that <laughs> character what about you what did you think of the dialogue and word choices and things like that the language
0: used yeah i really liked it for the most part although at the beginning i kind of had to get like switch my mindset a little bit i'm actively suspending my disbelief (laughs) here it's like i'll allow it (laughs) (laughs) like once i i kind of you know flipped a little switch in my brain and like okay we're we're in fun land i i really enjoyed it it was a very quick read for me i liked the interactions between all the characters i really liked all the parts that had hummingbird judy in it
1: Oh, yes. She was wonderful.
0: <laughs> I just liked the way Trix was portrayed in general because she's very, she does seem very otherworldly, I think, yeah. because of the way she acts. Um, that sort of thing just wouldn't, wouldn't fly, you know, in the real world. And she just happens to be in this situation where people are like,
1: okay, yeah, sure, we'll roll with it. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, she's very lucky she came across Hummingbird Judy, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, she even makes the comment like, I know not to get in the back of vans with strangers as she's getting in the back of the van with strangers. I know! I'm like,
0: okay (laughs) yeah and then for Warren he was he was definitely a grumpy guy um but he had a reason to be grumpy and I didn't hold it against him at all
1: no and
0: I was fine with him being you know a grumpy workaholic isolating himself because he knows he's gonna die soon it was just kind of sad um I really enjoyed being in his head I liked his thoughts the way he thought about tricks and just you know the things he found joy in I really enjoyed it So I think overall, I think it was well written. What about the audiobook? Do you think the audiobook portrayal was
1: good this time? I did. I actually really liked Ivy Brooks when she was Trix. I think she, she was Trix. It was very good, very, very good casting. She, she was very good as Warren too, because sometimes, especially when you have one narrator, sometimes that balance isn't quite there. They'll do one character very well, but not so much the other. And especially in a romance where it's so important to have those characters portrayed, you know, well and balanced. I actually looked to see if she narrated other things, but that was the only thing that... That she narrates as far as Aww. audible so erica you happy for their happy
0: yeah i am i mean there's there's a lot of troubling like questions for for uh, over analytical erica brain <laughs> to mull over but if you don't think about it too hard yeah i'm i'm happy they're together i'm happy she got to be a human again i'm happy they get to be together i'm happy he's alive and she healed him and all that i think it was good what about you
1: yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy enough. And like you, like, over-analytical brain is going, but, 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 but. Overall, I would say yes. I am I'm happy enough for their happy.
0: Yeah, I mean, they had really good chemistry. I really liked them together. They had a good dynamic. We had a lot of parts where they got to be together. You got to see that interaction. And that's usually what plays into how happy I feel about them being together. It's like, is it believable that they're actually together?
1: Yeah, their relationship <laughs> evolved fairly naturally i mean it was a little you are in love but i mean apart from that
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah a lot of romance books are like that though i think where you have the insta love
1: it's hard to say something negative about that because it's so prevalent so what about uh ratings yay ratings! how would
0: you rate tricks
1: i put her as playfully awkward (laughs) (laughs) that's fair yeah i (laughs) Again, I think it's it's partly with my whole pet peeve about the naive heroine thing. I tried to cut it loose as much as possible and treat her really like she's the alien that I kind of think she is. Kind of. Yeah, because, I mean, she knows about our world, sort of. But yeah, definitely playfully awkward. What about you? I kind of put her like in the middle of awesome and
0: awkward because she is very awkward. There's a lot of cringe humor in this book, I think, because of tricks and... I like that sort of humor. So that kind of edged her up toward awesome, I think. And <laughs> and because the story is is a fantasy type story, I'm much more forgiving of that type of heroine. It's a lot harder to like that type of heroine if it's a more realistic story. Yeah. But truthfully, I think the author did a good job of putting us in this world where the rules are, are different enough, where she's awesome because she's so weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> (laughs) What about Warren?
1: I put him as earnestly awkward. He's so so (laughs) serious. I think he's been, uh, so far, of of the books that we've read, one of our better heroes, honestly. (laughs) Take that for what you will. To me, he's not awesome, so I couldn't go there. And he's certainly not awful. So he's just sort of in this in-between where he could tilt more towards awesome if certain things had been different or written differently what about you he's kind of in the same category as tricks for me i think where he's not quite
0: awesome i didn't really feel he was very awkward though he wasn't awful at all i think that the thing with him is that we're told he's like this grumpy asshole and he kind of is initially but then it just he flips so quickly into being loving and and funny he goes
1: from a side to b side at like
0: breakneck speed. yeah <laughs> Yeah, he flips to his B-side pretty quickly. I don't know, but then I guess that A-side is still there because once she, she quote, breaks the rules of their relationship, you know, he's like, nope, I'm noping out of this. Yeah, it's not a permanent change. I think for him, he's not typically an asshole and he just is because he knows he's going to die.
1: It's hard to tell because when she asks him, I don't know if his response is playful. You know, like, I'm not an asshole all the time, wink or is it because it wasn't just because he was dying because at the end of the story he he should be healed right
0: i felt like he was teasing her at that point i think i think he probably had like that natural like gruff sort of personality but there are some hints like between some dialogue with warren and harvey where harvey's like oh you're back to how you used to be when you're with tricks Yeah. And so I think like once he got this death sentence, like that's how he views it, which I mean, it kind of is. Yeah, it really was. It was going that way. But once he got the death sentence, he just was kind of like, okay, well, I'm shutting myself off from everything and everyone, you know, and that is why he was an asshole. Because of that, I'm a lot more forgiving of it. I don't mind like a gruff slash grumpy hero if there's a reason for it. I don't really like, you know, a super asshole hero, especially if there's no reason. (laughs)
1: Super asshole. (laughs)
0: But I I do like a a grumpy dude. I'm okay with that. That's fine. He kind of ticked that box for me. So he's, he edges up toward awesome for me. Woohoo. So,
1: how would you rate the book?
0: Yeah. So, for the book, I rated it four. Ah, yay. Out of five. And I rated it four because. It was just, it was fun. It was fun to read. It was happy. It was fast. The reason it's not a five is because it is just kind of open-ended as far as, like, the world building is concerned. Like, I just, like, there's a lot of questions there. I think if I thought too hard about it, maybe my rating would go down, but... (laughs) Don't think about it too hard. (laughs) I (laughs) try... Uh, yeah, I'm trying really hard to just, you know, just take the book for what it is. And in this case, it's just a fun story. And I liked it. So four. What about you?
1: I waffled a little bit on the rating. But overall, I mean, I liked it. I enjoyed it for the most part. So I gave it a three. Oh, that's good for you. <laughs> for me, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's like practically a five. There's always that qualifier. <laughs> it's like, for you. It's like. <laughs> It was almost a 3.5, but then I just couldn't, the level of enjoyment wasn't quite there for a 3.5, but definitely a three, a solid three, which I think is pretty good. maybe. Well, I don't know. I mean,
0: for me, I feel like a three is meant it was good. It was fine. Like there was nothing
1: wrong with it. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's nothing <laughs> outstanding like that, you know, it's good. It's a three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, did you feel
1: romanced? This won't surprise you. No, I didn't feel romanced, but I was entertained. Like, it's definitely like a romantic comedy leaning more towards the comedy for me. I was entertained, which I think is something. (laughs) So, yay what about you were you romanced yeah i think so i mean warren is kind of like
0: my type i think as far as heroes go i like grumpy but lovable um he had a reason (laughs) to be grumpy he did i liked that he listened to tricks and cared about what she thought and how she felt and all that stuff and he had like that caretaker sort of personality which is nice too So I enjoyed it, and I liked the chemistry between them, and I thought the sex was good. Although, you're right, there is a lot of it.
1: But a lot of it moves the plot forward. I think it was, like, there was just this whole chunk, like, a fourth of the book, like, after I was just like, okay, and we're still doing this. Come on.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Did anything make you feel romantic off?
1: No, because I mean, I have pet peeves, but they weren't so much that that I think it skewed me towards grumpy or angry or whatever. What about you?
0: I have a couple things. And really, I mean, I kind of talked about this a bit. Um, throughout our conversation but just the world building I want more world building
1: yeah especially if it's supernatural
0: (laughs) and then my other thing is like it's still kind of like a creepy thing like the watching yeah Trix stalks him for two months and then turns human and is with him
1: is it five months or six months or is it two months no
0: she she stalks him for two I looked
1: it up okay she stalks him for two months that's still a long time (laughs) to stalk somebody yeah and there's there's a social double standard too like oh the girl does it so it's cute but if a guy did it it's like a creeper yeah it was just kind of like
0: i don't know like because I mean, we talked a little bit about power dynamic. I mean, maybe she has a little bit more power than he does because she knows him so well, even though he doesn't realize
1: it. Like, she kind of has the upper hand with him a bit. And he never finds out in the story that she watched him. And watched him during some pretty intimate and private times. Like, yes, (laughs) she watched him during his private sexy times. Exactly. And who knows? That's why I think it's so (laughs) weird that she doesn't know that he's dying or any of those things because it's like if she was really watching him all that much wouldn't she see him taking medications wouldn't she see him on bad days
0: i don't know it's just very glossed over
1: that's part of where it's like okay so you saw him sad a couple times was he sad because he had to take medicine (laughs) was he sad because He couldn't go up the stairs. He had to wait a minute because, you know, his hand went over his heart and he was like, oh no, I better sit. Things like that. It's world building too, to a certain degree. It's just a different kind of world building.
0: Yeah, and just the creep factor, I guess. It was a little hard to get over it initially. That's kind of where I had to remind myself, no, no, this isn't this type of story.
1: And then she gets on (laughs) Seth for watch. Is it Seth that watches her when she's sleeping? And then she makes the Edward Cullen joke? Because of Twilight, where Edward was always watching Bella sleep. And I was like, uh, dude, you've been way worse than that. I know. (laughs) This is not even pot and kettle. This is something else.
0: They weren't immersion breaking really. It's just like little things, I guess. Like I want more. Which which is really it just is, is to the story's credit, I suppose. I want more. Put more in.
1: It's always <laughs> good if, if a reader wants more rather than oh no, that's enough.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what else are you reading?
1: I'm not finished with it yet. I'm about halfway through. And I'm reading As You Wish by Carrie Elways and Joe Layden. And it's narrated superbly. By Carrie Elways. And Ooh, it's. I had such a crush on him. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> It's hard not to love a pirate dressed in all black. I mean, come on Oh, it really, it really is. As I'm sure you've been able to tell, it's about the making of Princess Bride and all of that. It's made me want to rewatch it so much. So it's not just him. There's some additional like remembrances, like with Rob Reiner, Andy Scheiman, and basically the entire cast, a lot of the cast. And so they chime in at different points and- it's fun. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Actually, our number one and only fan recommended it to me. Oh, awesome. Yes. What about you? What are you reading? So I recently
0: finished Sandman Slim by Richard Kadri, And it is kind of like a, oh, what would you call it? Like a speculative fiction type of fantasy story. So the main character is named James Stark. He was a magician, but, and it takes place like in present time or whatever. But he was a magician and his group sent him to hell while he was still alive. and he he was stuck in hell for 11 years um basically as like a gladiator because it turns out he can't die oh
1: Handy.
0: or or he can but he's hard to kill i think that's how they word it
1: okay well hard to kill is <laughs> better than can't
0: die i think because can't die gets tricky and every time he gets an injury then his body becomes kind of immune to that particular type of injury which is interesting but he manages to come back to earth his goal is to get revenge on the people who sent him to hell not only because they sent him to hell but also because they killed his girlfriend insult to injury yeah so it's kind of like a like a supernatural punisher type story I guess nice no, it's good. <laughs> but, but it's the first in a series and I might read more in the series I'm not sure yet I'm not sure it's got this gritty tongue-in-cheek kind of writing style so we'll see
1: I wish I had more time to read <laughs> this part in the podcast always makes me so sad because I'm like I want to read that I have no time <laughs> I know I keep making my list longer every time we talk about it
0: but you know if you're listening feel free to make our list longer yet
1: (laughs) we are gluttons for punishment bring on the punishment (laughs)
0: we're open to uh, recommendations of all kinds
1: we consent to a certain degree of (laughs) punishment spank me i like it (laughs) oh my oh i wish i could do like a good george takei oh my (laughs) Well, he's so good at it. He is. He is.
0: <laughs> so I guess that's it this time. Check out our website, romancemepodcast.com, for show notes, other episodes, and our upcoming reads list. And remember to subscribe on Apple Podcast or Google Podcast.
1: Join us next time when we discuss Love Hacked by Penny Reed. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I was <laughs> <laughs> like, do Same idea? What about now? Do we know? One, two, three, five? I don't know. Oh my god, I want to watch Princess Bride so bad.